a lady. She stood on the balcony, laid her head to rest in the wake of this fire. Cold bones ink that runs freely a mine, a swamp. And she turns to the public, their eyes wide with weight. She opens her mouth to speak smoke. It swirls and crackles like a fire in the winter. She's never known any who know her so well, but only to put the mud on her tongue. Dress so long, eyes to a moon that only shows orange for some. She shuts the balcony doors to the world and whispers, whispers between the walls, only some can hear. Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome. It's good of you to be here. Good to be here myself. Welcome to episode 14 of your friend, Gene. What's this show about? Well, I have no clue. It's about writing. It's about creativity. It's about musings and life and all kinds of shit. That poem that I read was uh, an old poem I didn't know existed. It's something I wrote. Oh, actually, it's not that old. I just saw the date. 10-20-19-2019 of October 20th. I don't know what it was about, but in uh, exploring the confines of my desk drawer, I found all these different papers, these loose papers of nice um, caliber, different types of poetry on them. And that is one I wrote, I found, was titled A Lady, and it's from 2019. I like it, actually. I read it over a few times, and I'm trying to figure out what I was meaning when I wrote it. Now, see, the problem, well, not the problem, but the thing is, if you know anything about mm, how I write, um... I just write a lot of fiction, so even my poems are kind of like a lot of times stuff that doesn't really happen or isn't me. So, you know, you might read something or hear something that, that kind of, I mean, maybe makes you question, like, whose story is that? And really, it's, it's just a story. It's a story told in poetic form. So I imagine this was just an idea that kind of popped into my head about a lady who was um, feeling a certain type of way as she looked out of her balcony. And, and that's just exploring this, uh, this idea or this emotion of this lady. And it really, uh, I, I know how I write. And I know that most likely this means nothing. And it literally was just an idea that sprung up in my head. And that's 10, that, that's, that's, that's how I tend to write a lot of times, is, is just these uh, abstract ideas, these stories, these fictional things. And, and, you know, some of it is marked in realism. Some of it is 
um, things I've thought or gone through or experiences that may be mine or maybe are somebody else's, but they're woven into this uh, fictional way. Uh, this one, though, nothing about it is uh, nonfiction, but maybe it's a little, um, you know, maybe it's a little telling of my uh, personality. Maybe I want to just shut the door on the world and, and you know, like, <sighs> take it easy. Not show up for for a day. So I'm just looking through all this stuff. It's quite interesting. Some of these, I wonder how old they are. Your face was dark like the smoky blue and everything else around seemed to turn purple because that was what was underneath the skin on your chest. I've sang parakeets, but nothing compared to the gun-trodden streets of Brooklyn where I met coffee and roasters who home behind bricked warehouses. The steps, they were quiet and creaky at the same time. Veiled body opens its mouth. The coffee sat brown and dried on the side of a cup. Behind the evergreens, the smoky blue dissipated. Then you said goodbye. That's also with this uh, menagerie of papers. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think, I mean, these seem kind of old. I've had these papers for a while, but I don't think they're that old. Uh, but who knows? Anyway. What do I want to talk about today? Um, are mentors important? You hear a lot of uh, these origin stories. People bring up mentors and they talk about the things they've gone through. And then they talk about the people that have helped them along the way. The mentors they come in contact with. The teachers that pull them from the darkness. And it makes me think, are they important? Because I've never had mentors in a way it's always just been me pushing me I've rejected uh, probably rejected the idea of mentors and um, whether that's good or bad it's really made me think about how someone wiser than me more skilled in my craft could have led me um, to a better way. I had one mentor. I had one for a semester. It was a writing teacher. Um, and he took a liking to the work that I did. It was a, uh, what kind of course was it? Was it a creative writing course? It. I think it was a creative writing course. And it was all kinds of um, things we were tasked to do. And he took a liking to the way I worked. He thought I had real potential. So he tried to push me, not really push me in a direction, but um, just was encouraging and 
You know, at the time I was, um, I was a different person. So I didn't accept whatever he was suggesting about my work. I was very standoffish. And uh, that was the closest thing I had to a mentor. If I'm going to be honest. Everybody else. is, is I've just kind of been another berry on the vine. Just, uh, just there. You know. With some stuff to say. But nothing really special. Nothing spectacular. And I was always quiet. Always super introverted. Like more than quiet. So teachers and people like that didn't really uh, pick up on me. So I, I just sort of skirted on by. Uh, didn't really attract attention. Everything was low-key. So, yeah, that that teacher in that one semester was the closest I've ha- ever had to a mentor. And it wasn't even that big of a mentor because um, he just wrote these encouraging notes on my uh, assignments. And he tried to get me to apply for this uh, this writing thing in this in this school over the summer in this school upstate somewhere, and it cost money, so it wasn't something I was too keen on getting into, and I kind of didn't really uh, pursue it. That might have been what sort of you know. Let things fizzle out and settle down. And uh, I heard from him from time to time. He would send me emails asking me how I was doing and, and, you know, if I was still writing. And I would reply, again, not very uh, forthcoming, just my super shy self. And uh, after a while, that was it. The last I heard from him, which was, I don't know, ages ago, he was, um, he was sick, so I don't know whatever, uh, became of that. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was the closest I've ever had to a mentor. So if that's what a mentor is, well, I guess I had one. It was never one-to-one. It was always in class, and it was, uh, notes on my my papers and like emails um, encouraging me to to go to this writing program over the summer. But that was it. Um, other than that, I've never had any, never had anybody to steer me in a direction. I do have role models, though. I look up to. Uh, to some role models. One of them is Ron Swanson. And it's my mission right now, and I guess for my life, to make peace with work. Um, because it's, it's a really like mentally draining thing to think that the work I do, the 9 to 5 work, is me. And I 
guess I have to realize that whatever I'm do, whatever work I'm doing that isn't what I feel inspired to do, it's not, it's not me. I am not my job. I am not the bills I pay. I am not the anxiety I feel. It's something I experience, but it's not who I am. And it take I'm I mean I mean I'm still not over it. It's still I I talked about this before how when I'm at work I don't feel real. I guess I mean I'm I'm supposing because it's it's not my time so it's like I turn off who I am and I'm at work for eight hours and uh, you know I can only experience myself. When I'm not at work and, you know, the two days off, I get a week. And making peace with that is, I think it's important, but it's not easy. So, yes, one of my role models that I look up to is Ron Swanson because um, he worked a an office job. I, I don't work an office job, but I work in an office-like setting. So I, I'm on a production floor. Um, making and packing items. Very monotonous work. But I don't have a desk. I'm standing for eight hours. I can wear whatever I want. Um, it's pretty free, but it is office-like. Gray floors, gray walls, white tables, nine to five, hour lunch break. And I've, I guess I've been trying to make peace with that with the idea that uh, yeah I have this job but it's not me and as long as I do the things that are me when I am not at work then everything will be okay so yes I I, I look up to Ron Swanson because as I said he, he worked you know an office job a government job he worked a nine-to-five he had a desk he had to wear casual, what is that, uh, casual, uh, casual attire, not casual attire, but, you know, nice, casual business, is that what it is, polos and, like, khakis, casual business attire, and when he wasn't at his office job, he was, you know, Ron Swanson, the cabin liver, Ron Swanson, the woodworker, Ron Swanson, the uh, stick it to the man guy, and that's that's how I'm trying to live. You know, I'm not trying to have this job become me because I think that's the true tragedy. It's it's really hard when you live in. I even hate talking like this. It's really hard, you know, to talk about this. It's not that hard. I'm. I have a job. I can pay stuff and I can live comfortably. But it's kind of shitty when you're experiencing life and shit gets bombarded to you that uh if you work a 9 to 5, you're uh, you're giving away your life. And you're you're not living. And you're working for the man. And if you're not doing your passion as a career, then you're, uh, you're nothing. Fuck nine to five.
It's shit. You work an office job and your eyes are exploding and it's soul crushing and uh, you might as well not be a real person. And that feels shitty to feel that energy from other people. Because it's an energy, I guess, that other people give out. And maybe it's the only thing I'm really uh, attracting. Maybe it's my fault I'm looking into it. But it's it's everywhere. This uh, entrepreneur uh, stage. And um, when I get caught up in it, I think about Ron Swanson. And I think about his uh, burgundy polo sweater things he used to wear. And I think about his uh, his private office with his glass window that he could look out at and see his um, his coworkers causing trouble. And he can, uh, you know, go and and isolate himself in his hunting cabin on his days off. And uh, that's when he could be Ron Swanson, and he can work on his hobbies. And yes, he works a government job, a 9-to-5 in an office, and he has to wear fancy shoes and have his hair a certain way and uh, get his paychecks written by, you know, the man upstairs and follow a certain code. But at the end of the day, he is not that job. And that's something that uh, I desperately try to remember and remind myself of every day. That when I clock out and when I come home, I'm not what I do to make money. I am a writer. I am a watch lover. I am a thinker. I am a boot lover. I am a nature lover. I am a drawer and an explorer and, you know, those things. And if I come home and I partake in my, in the things that bring me joy, then, then I can be truly happy in whatever I do. Still a tough pill to swallow. I'm going to be honest. Still something tough to get over to think like, what if this is something I do do for the rest of my life? Will I be mentally okay with that? And I think in uh, preparing my mind and, uh, you know, making peace with the fact that I'm not my job, then um, then it can be a bit, a bit better. Yeah. That is, that's the goal. That's been the goal for a while. It's making peace with work. Because, you know what? The internet makes you believe that everybody is making money doing the things they love. And it's a fucking liar. It's like, shit, what, these people, what do they do? What do they do for money? 
it's um it's something people don't talk about because you know it's about creating uh creating a book of your own creating your own story and regular boring work does not fit into that story i'm here to tell you that uh yeah i work i work nine to five monday through friday uh my dream is not to work nine to five my dream is to make money with my youtube channel with this podcast with creating work poetry writing a book uh that that's the dream uh, the the reality right now is is not that and the important thing is making peace with that because if i don't make peace with that then none of the things i do after that are going to fill that void i'm not going to be happy even if i'm making a living with my creative work cuz the 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 mental state um is super important and you you can be doing exactly what you love but if you're not right mentally it's not going to matter and you can have a person that works 50 hours a week i mean that's a little that's pushing it i don't know can you work 50 hours a week and be super positive super relaxed and really happy i don't know maybe maybe at that point if you are doing something you love yeah but i mean if you're working 50 hours a week at an office job I don't know. Reach out to me. If you work an office job uh, 50 hour, fifty hours a week, are you mentally at peace? And it's, you know, it's not to say that I wouldn't strive for uh, to do the things I want for a living, but I have to, like, accept situations. And not play victim to those situations, you know? Abandon guilt and shame. And uh, that brings some, some humor into it. I don't know. That's um, that's where it's at anyway. <sighs> yeah, Making peace with work. That is the... That's the goal, I think, of this year. I think it's been... The goal for a while now. I think this whole pandemic situation sort of highlighted it. And no matter where I am, if I I have to be at peace mentally. And, you know, when I'm not at work, I have to make every minute count and do the things that lift me up, bring me joy. I, you know, that means I, I just want to use less social media, listen to more podcasts, listen to more poetry, write more poetry, that sort of thing. So, anyway, this is going to be a short episode because the thing is I keep, so we're looking for a house, right? I said that last time and things have been, it's, have you ever looked for a house? It can be a little crazy. The days start to speed up and become one. And here I am Monday morning in front of my computer with my little, um, my notebook where I jot down all my podcast ideas and it's blank. 
And I'm like, shoot, I did not prepare at all for the next episode. It's tough to come on here and just sort of riff. It's just me, so I have to have something in the chamber. And I'm I'm realizing that I'm coming on the, the start of the week with nothing. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of, where have I been? But it, we've been looking for a house. We've been looking for a cabin, a headquarters. And, uh, yeah, it's been the last two weeks where I've realized I haven't had much. But this, today, it's Monday. It's Monday, October, uh, I don't, I don't know. It's October 11th or 12th. And it is, I want to say, somewhere along the lines of like 7.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. So I came up with these notes this afternoon, you know, just sort of on a whim, thinking about mentors. I was like, all right, if this is a shorter podcast because of it, so be it. Let it flow with the, is that a rhyme in there? I don't know. I don't know if there's a rhyme in there. But uh, yeah, that's... It's kind of crazy when you start doing things that propel your mind into something else, such as this house hunting business. I'm forgetting, I forget the notes of my show. And uh, that's why last week I did my show on Wednesday, because I realized Monday I didn't have anything, and I wanted to have at least something to sort of go off of. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of strange, kind of crazy, this house hunting business. But anyway, it's Monday. I made it. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a short one today. That's that's pretty much all I have. Just, uh, just that. So think about it. Think on it. Make peace with your mind. Because if you don't, no matter where you go, it's, it's nothing's going to feel right. You have to be okay with you. Not You don't have to be okay with your situation, or where you are, or where you want to be. But you just got to make peace with yourself and move on from there and I think I'm in the process of that I've been in the process of making peace with myself and where I am for a long time I think uh, I think it sort of started pre-pandemic and I went down a little spiral of despair for the first few months and now I've been kind of accepting things more this not I don't like to I guess accepting sounds a little uh, maybe it sounds a little lazy but I just mean I'm at peace or I'm trying to be more at peace I kind of feel it like yeah I don't think it wouldn't suck if this is what I did for the rest of my life I I think it would bother me if I was working in this job for the rest of my life, but I'm sort of making peace with the idea that maybe that is it. I make peace and it is kind of sad and it still makes me feel shitty to think maybe this is it. This is what I do for the rest of my life and I I don't accept it, but I do make peace with it. Uh, there's a difference there. I don't know if I can explain it, but it's just a feeling. I don't accept where I am, but I've made peace with it. All right. So that's it. 
that's it for this episode. Short one today. Uh, thank you for listening. This is episode 14 of your friend Gene. I'm your host, Gene. Uh, be sure to check out nmroasters.com or nativeminimalist.com. Uh, me and my husband roast and sell coffee. It's pretty freaking awesome. Check it out. You won't regret it. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, Yeki, where I make videos about art and watches and other stuff that might come up. Uh, but other than that, that's all.